this is the Bedford Blues Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Blues Podcast. Well, after a strong finish to the league season, the Championship Cup campaign is now well and truly underway. As Bedford Blues go and search for first senior trophy since 2005, the man leading the charges, Director of Rugby, Mike Rea, will also be looking to get his hands on the trophy to conclude what has been a notable campaign for him personally and recently featured his 500th game in charge of the club. Following that momentous milestone achievement, I've caught up with Mike to discuss his favourite moments from his 17 campaigns in charge to date and why the community spirit surrounding the club has meant his initial three-year plan is still running strong today. Mike, thank you for joining me. Lots for us to talk through, 501 games in fact. I want to talk in the present first before we move maybe towards uh, the past. Nottingham, we're halfway into the tie now, Championship Cup. Firstly, what were your thoughts um, about our performance at the Bay on Friday night and what does that mean for the home game as well? Oh, look, I thought, um, you know, after a two-week layoff, um, we were pretty pleased with it, really. Um, Look, I think we left a few points out there. Uh, maybe could have taken a few more shots at goal to, uh, to, to, to you know, boost our aggregate, so to speak. But look, at the end of the day, we set out to win the games, both games, so aggregate um, doesn't come into it. We've done part one and uh, we look forward to coming back home here and, um, and putting a performance. You know, we, we understand that we get that we haven't played that particularly well at home since Christmas, since, oh, sorry, since Boxing Day. So um, we want to really put on a good show for our fans. It's quite a confusing competition to work out who plays what, but the simple crux of it is you win all six of your six of your games, you're the champions. Is is that as simple as you're trying to work on it at the moment? Yeah, you can't look too far ahead of you. So yeah, we'll get um we'll get the Nottingham game out of the way and then get the calculators out to so, uh obviously first and foremost win the game, you know, prepare properly for that and win the game. And then um you know, it'll be down to um what goes on in other fixtures, which obviously we have no control over. So, so you're absolutely right. We just got to take care of our own business and um, and build up a um, a, a scoreline that um, gets us through the next round. You've been a great advocate over the years of playoffs and games like that. Does it when you've got these two legged ties? Does it almost take you back to those days? We've got to kind of think about scores and ag- and aggregates. Maybe you do go for the posts a bit more. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, as I remember, it was Nottingham. You know, and the the last probably the last time we we played over two legs was the semi final when we got to uh, got to the final eventually in 2012-2013. And you know, when we look back at that, not so much going into it. We had a bit of a lead that we extended early in the game there in that semi-final. When we look back on it, it was um, the aggregate didn't matter, like I alluded to earlier, because we won both games. So, um, you know, that that was kind of my mindset going into this one, is uh, don't worry too much about the scoreboard if you if you win both games and you're in the next round. And coming back home, 24 points is a, is a strong aggregate. I think it's the second strongest across the whole five ties. But ha- how important is it that kind of don't think about that. Are you going into the game as it's a nil-nil when the game starts? Yeah, of course. I mean, that's a bit of an old cliche or adage, but absolutely. Um, we want to win a game of rugby and we want to do it in a certain style. If three points come come up in, in, in front of the post, suddenly that's 24, becomes 27, becomes 30, and that's the way we've got to approach it. So it's an element of both net, I guess. But ultimately, we want to score tries to win games. How much did not necessarily your tactics, but your, your wording to the players going out on to the field change because you're, you've been used all season to the, the, the league games. This this is how we're going to win win games. How much did that change maybe because you've got that kick in 
and score aggregate coming into it? Oh, look, we touch on it. We don't we don't harbour um, a lot on them kind of points really because um, I I just enjoyed this group of, of been growing and, and improving, especially away from home. You know, down at London Scottish, we played some great rugby. Uh, obviously at Ealing, we won and um, played some good rugby there. And we're clinical actually. So it was just about finding a not style of play because we, you know, we we like to play with the ball in hand, but but finding some plays or some options that that um, the lads can um, get their teeth into and buy into, and then take it on the field. And I thought they did that on the weekend. They were, I mean, our accuracy wasn't great, but nevertheless, we 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 got some shots off that we prepared to uh, during the week um, going into the game with. And it builds into, I guess, you always want to be building game on game on we've done that all season and um, just talking about the competition as a whole it would be our first chance of a trophy since 2005 how much is that playing into your thinking or is it just a case of i want to win every game whether it's cup league mobs game yeah look, I've, look, I've, I've said this many times in the past over the years um you know i grew up in a in the amateur era and they were all friendlies essentially but god do we want to win name games you know and and that's that's my whole way i i most people who know me well know I'm not a big fan of losing. So, um, yeah, look, we want to set the team up to, to win games of rugby, but obviously you want to set up a team, first and foremost, to, that enjoys their rugby. And the upshot is, generally, if I see them smiling coming off the pitch, they put in a good performance. It would be unfair for me to say that previous groups you've had here don't deserve a trophy. But when you look at all the things that have gone on this season, we've we've come kind of back from COVID. A lot of the boys have come through all that kind of period. We've got Rich Lane coming up to 100 appearances. Dean Adamson's now just scored 100 tries. There's been loads of different milestones throughout the season. And your 500 games, obviously, would kind of perfectly encapsulate this season to get our hands on some silverware. Yeah, it, it's something that's missing from, from the trophy cabinet as we sit here, isn't it? There's kind of hang behind that. I think we won the North Walsham Sevens with... Billy 12 trees and Pritch back in the day, but that's about the only cup we've won. Obviously, the Academy have had great success in my early days uh, with Dennis and, and the lads. Um, but it, it would be, it would be absolutely not, you know. And if there's something tangible to win, you know, we we um we were quite short. Obviously, um, you know, we never set out to win the league. We obviously would have wanted to finish a lot higher than the way we finished, but probably deserved to finish where we finished. So suddenly something that comes up that's tangible to to, to be had, and you know. Grounds are good. The sun's starting to come out. It's our time of year, you know. So well, we'll be interested to see who we draw after. Uh, well, keep getting ahead of myself, but obviously we do the business case not in them, and then and then we'll see where we, where, where we end up and who we play. But um, yeah, it's a lot to be excited for, isn't it? You know, the players are they're up for it, and um, you know, all the coaches are as well. I don't want to boost his ego too much, but obviously supporters would have seen what you put out on Twitter over the weekend. Dean Adamson getting 100 tries for this club. When you look at the list of players that are also involved, it's a it's a hell of an achievement to do that. Amazing. Amazing. I mean, it's, it's um, I had no idea he was that close when he came back. So, I mean, um, his strike rate is pretty phenomenal, isn't it? Um, when you think it was 130 odd games. So to get 100 tries, you know, we've, you know, we've been through some lean times as well. So for him to keep scoring like he does is just just brilliant. And, um, you know, he wants to work, he wants to improve. He's come, you know, went out a season in France, albeit um, cut short, I guess, with a little bit of COVID. He's come back and he improved in his time out there as well, you know. You know, like it wasn't just his tries he scored. I mean, his kick chase was phenomenal. I mean, he created opportunities through the pressure. I mean, he fielded a lot of high ball down his channel as well on the weekend. And, yeah, I've got to think my praise for Dino. Um, and he's he gets us done. He knows, he, he understands how DNA 
uh, along with a lot of them. Uh, there's some, some great boys in there who've, who've played a lot of games for us, Tapas. Um, I mean, Joe Atkinson's finishing this season. You know, they've been the mainstay for the last few years. You know, the list, list goes on. You know, there's a wall down in um, in the scrum bar there with with a lot of guys who've got 100, 150, 200 games on it, you know, um, which is um, pretty phenomenal in the professional era. You talk about Dino getting this club, obviously born in Bedford. I think he's one of four born in Bedford, 100 try scores. It just means well, he, that little bit more. So it's a little bit loose. So he's from Bedfordshire. That's where he's from. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that's massive, isn't it? You know, to see uh, Tommy Lit- Litchfield has played for our juniors, um, Jamie Elliott, uh, Lena as well. You know, obviously, you know, came through Hampton actually, um, but came here in the academy and um, it's kind of uh, turned his turned his blood from maroon to to to, to blue. So um, yeah, but it's, it is it is great. You know, it's great for the town. I mean, look, you know, that, that relationship with Hampton is brilliant, isn't it? I mean, you know, I've said it many times. Uh, you know, the AF have won the league this year. Rugby's in pretty rude health in Bedford. So, um, yeah, long may that continue, or Bedfordshire, rather. And that milestone, 100 tries for Dino, comes the game after you reached 500. I know we've spoken in different meet the sport events and things like that, that you that you haven't really dwelled on it too much. We've had a couple of bye, bye weeks recently. Have you had time to look on it, or are you still going to maybe finish finish your time here whenever that may be and then start to look into it a bit more? I look, the, the day itself was great. You know, my family came up from Wales and, um, you know, some nice gestures from the followers after the game and, and you know, just and, and the lads as well. So, you know, you kind of just stay in the moment. And as I said to you before and to the supporters um, post-game, really, it, it's something you look back on when you're, when you're done and dusted, maybe sat on the beach with a... With a Sangria and a on a sun lounger, really. So, yeah, it'll be time to look back at the moment. Look, I'm, I'm quite focused on, on what's ahead of us, and um, yeah, just enjoying this back end of the season now. And hopefully, we can um, put in a, f- a few more good performances. Was there one point during that week where it maybe hit you more than previous? It was like, blimey, I I, I have coached five <laughs> five hundred games here. Was was there one one point where it hit you? No, not 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 really. Just. Um, yeah, question myself, how the hell have I done it? <laughs> how have I survived this, uh, these these um, these 500 games? But then, you know, the, the reason you do it is to see second half performances like we put in at London Scottish. That's the reason you do it. You know, the lads were on fire their second half and um, and that's how I want and how I see this, this team and this club um, playing and producing. We played in the way that you've always mm. instilled here at this club. Was it almost the perfect day in that sense, because we won, it was a tough first half, no doubt about that. And um, I thought London Scottish were nice and physical, and um, gave us a bit of a shock, really. And by the way, the boys responded. Um, second half was just uh, nothing short of magnificent, and um, yeah, the sun was shining and the ball was in hand, and we're quite irresistible when um, getting that, that moment in that mood. Yeah, it's great. Of those 500 games, some of your key standout moments would have come this season, including we'll start with the Elin Trailfinders victory. Not many people backed us to go there and win that game. They've now turned out to be the champions. It's the first time we've beat the champions since 2016. What are your recollections of that? And why do you think maybe it has been that away from home this season, we performed some of our best stuff? Probably Jersey was the most, one of, this year was one of the most satisfying um, victories we had. We were in absolute turmoil in the lead up to that game. We didn't have, a, didn't, and that's been the last 18 months, two years of, of COVID and people dropping out last minute. I thought I saw it all in 17 years or 17 seasons, but still things crop up. 
you know, on a, on a weekly basis, on a daily basis. So, you know, we, we, our preparation for Jeju was all over the shop, but the boys just turned up magnificently well, along with 4,000 supporters as well. And, and the atmosphere was um, <clears throat> was brilliant. But then post that, I mean, that, the pitch took an absolute hammering that day. So we haven't been playing. I mean, the, the pitch, obviously, for cost-cutting measures, we didn't spend any money on it for two years because it hadn't, hadn't really recovered from Jersey. So it's been difficult to play any decent rugby on it, to be fair, because a lot of the games have, have, um, have not been played in great weather subsequently. So who knows? what the difference between your home mentality and away mentality is. But going back to the Ealing game, look, we were clinical. You know, I think it was four tries um, from inside their 22, which has been something we've been working hard on. It hasn't really happened until that day that we were we were really cl- clinical and, you know, 22, 24 points, 26 points from inside the 22. Obviously, um was enough to win the game for us there. In terms of enjoy, I, I was more stunned than, I mean, Ealing on a good side. We, we never travel well to Ealing. Um, historically, but the boys were brilliant, and it just goes to show once once you strip it all back, you know there's 50 on 15, and you a bit of luck, a bit of fortune, good play, um, and a bit of physicality, then um, you can get the odd performance. But look, the difficulty over the last 17 seasons really is us being um, consistent in our form, because obviously the part-time nature of it, you're going to get peaks and troughs. You know we can and we have over all these years. Um, Given a few sides some bloody noses. So, yeah, we we traditionally peak post-Christmas, but we haven't quite done it, although we've got a chance now in this cup competition to do something special. Just going back to Boxing Day, you've always talked about the connection between the town and the club, businesses, sponsors, that it's all part of the wider Blues family. How good was it to have a sellout crowd? I think it was the first time in three years we'd had it because of COVID and because maybe we hadn't been at home mm. on Boxing Day in previous years and stuff like that. How good was it? The atmosphere you talk about, the build-up, it all just sort of came together. No, I guess interesting because um, if you go back to the COVID season, you know when we, when we opened the doors first to Amptill in our last game of the season, the whole atmosphere took took on a or the whole ground took on a on a, on a you know such a vibrant and positive um, atmosphere. And then Boxing Day to see see everybody in here and packed to the rafters, and I, I sometimes misread the audience because um, you know everybody. You know, in my opinion, everyone wants to see great games of rugby all moving around everywhere. I mean, it was a poor day condition-wise, but do you know what? Sometimes when they see the heart on the sleeve of the lads and we get a win, you'll be ugly. The bloody roof comes off you, don't it? You know, so um, as much as as much as we, we aspire to play um, attractive rugby, sometimes the people who pay their money week in, week out just want to see a win. You always want to put on a show in front of the the big crowds, another part of the community spirit that's been shown in your 17 years. And another kind of topic I want to talk a little bit about is the snow games. I remember when I was back home, we cleared the snow off the pitch for a Dragons game. The Dragons went and lost and it hurt us quite a lot that we put the effort in. We lost the game. You've done it a few times here at Bedford and you've won those games. How much did that bring the bring the community together? Because I guess you wake up in the morning not knowing if the game's going to go ahead and then all of a sudden 200 people walk through yeah. the gates. No, it's brilliant. I mean, oh God, they, they were great days. I mean, you know, the call to arms goes out and suddenly you know, they come, starts as a trickle and ends up as a the, you know, big crowd walking through with their wheelbarrows, their shovels, their brushes, you know, and... Um, yeah, it was, I mean, we, the one game we were doing right up till sort of 2.30, 2.45 on a three o'clock kickoff. And then, so there's people still out there when the lads come through the gate. And I think once this, once the lads see that, then they know they got to put a performance in. And um, 
yeah, it, the, both both games have been we were massively inspirational, and um, yeah, fortunately we uh, we performed really well in them. And uh, great days, hand in hand, uh, shoulder to shoulder with your uh, your supporters and your players, all connected. Bedford does that pretty well. Is it those maybe community elements that have maybe kept you here longer than maybe what you thought when you first arrived? Those that you, you, you just love seeing it, don't you? The community, the town, the club, it just all comes into one. Many parts of it, really, haven't we? I mean, from the board down, you know, former players um, raise money for the club, you know, the, the followers and supporters raise money for the club. And the Friends of the Blues, run by Howard Travis, raise money for the club. It's just, it's just brilliant, isn't it? And... Um, you know, notwithstanding that, all the um, the events we have in the marquee and and scrum all, and um, you know, through the off-field staff, putting a shift in as well. So, you know, there's lots of lots of parts to the club, but when it comes together on a match day and um, we get a full house in here, I think that's that's the time when it's nice to see the players put it all back in because obviously there's a lot of work goes on behind the scenes. It was a three-year plan when you arrived. <laughs> Why has it become a 17, 18-year plan? I've never been one that's been massively ambitious um, and wanting roles or when I was a player was it, I wasn't massively ambitious to play for Wales and that might sound daft it was a dream that was a dream and, and I got awarded for for, for um, my performances week in week out for my club Cardiff and that's how I ended up um, in international rugby and then and obviously timing wise when the game went pro that's why I ended up coming to Bedford and, and adding two amazing years here with some some fantastic players and, and fantastic people and I guess that's what in 2005 when Jeff rang me that was the um, the no-brainer for me it was again as a timing issue I didn't have to think twice about coming to, back to Bedford day to day it's a pleasure to come in come into work and while, while that continues and I'll keep doing it hopefully you spoke in an interview to Wales Online about maybe some of the roles that you've been offered while you've been here at Bedford has there ever been one moment where you've seriously considered it or has there always been Bedford's been pulling you back no not 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 really I, I obviously out of respect you you um you give it some thought and but there was it was there was nothing you know there wasn't a, a huge pull to for me to, to to leave this place and um again it's all about it's like time, a timing thing again I've got tons to give at this moment in time you know whether that changes in the near future or the well, the distant future, um, I'm not sure, but kind of got to live in the now. You know, good relationship with the, with the board. Had a great relationship with the, the chairman Jeff beforehand. Yeah, while while that continues, then um, more than happy to to hopefully keep producing exciting sides and developing players and um, and people as well. Year on year, you you hope you you're able to do it, do enough to make it attractive for players to come here. Um, obviously, it's a certain type of player that I like, but obviously there's an element of being good people as well. I think we've got a smashing group of, group of people this year and hopefully we'll have a, another good group next year. Let's throw it back even further to your first season, your first game, in fact, a 17-0 draw at Otley. When you compare game one to game 501, what are the main things that stick out that have changed in, in that time? Well, there's one definitely that sticks out is the length of the grass because when we went to Otley, it was about six inches long. But, you know, Otley many times afterwards, and that's a great place, Otley. I love it. It was a rugby club, um, you know, fish and chips on the bus on the way back. Yeah, so uh, I, I distinctly remember it was a lovely, I think it was early September, late August game, but, but the weather was great. And um, we just couldn't get any quick ball because the grass was so long. But there's a few things changed. You know, we changed here in terms of our prep with the S&C stuff. You know, we've got a great gym, great facility here now. So there's, there's lots of little bits over the years that have, changed and we're getting like in the early days we had the Leicester the Leicester four so Tom Young's Ollie Dodge Ben Pina 
Dan Cole. So we had them them four in the early days of sort of dual reg, and they were great. They were great kids. And then obviously over the last few years through Saris and, and Northampton, what's coming out, the, the, the incredible sort of kids ready to go into um, into senior rugby, and um, they, they're all good lads we've had through here. It's kind of an obvious point to make, but you were closer in age to the players in your first game. The gap obviously increases now, and we've got a very young squad this season. Does that? Is that one of the main things you've had to focus on from a, a man management, team management perspective that you've kind of got to keep yourself mm. uh, engaged with that? Do you have to like read about what the latest video games are so that you've got something to talk to the boys about? Oh, uh, absolutely, because um, as you said, um, in my um, my first few years, it, as you said, I was, I was a lot connected, more connected to the players. My man management, I felt, was, was a lot better then. But obviously over the years, <laughs> when you have to, you know, uh, not give a player a contract. A lot of that um, builds up in you, so you 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 end up developing a, a thicker skin, if you like, a hard, more hard nosed approach to it. So that's that's the bit that's hard. But yeah, of course, and that's, it is the biggest challenge of, of trying to stay connected. You know, we send a lot out on WhatsApp now, obviously a lot on on email and stuff like that. So and the way these these lads learn and pick things up has changed um, significantly. So yeah, you have to adapt, don't you? You, you? you wouldn't stay in this game for long if you didn't adapt and and, and move with the times. I still get a bit of their humour. Yeah, it's still it's still a little bit strange seeing them all jump on the bus and just straight away pick on their phones instead of talking. You know, pick up the phones instead of talking to the to the person next to him, sat next to him. So that still still makes um, scratch my head. But um, yeah, but by by large, we've been on some memorable trips as well. So talking to the the new guys who haven't experienced that, they all kind of all wanted to be here next season to experience um, a couple of the, the trips that we've been on. You know, there's not many places left in England we haven't been to on a preseason camp, and obviously we went to Ypres, um, to the Menin Gate um, and Tynecott Cemetery the one year, and then then back to um, to Sal in Bordeaux, to Barcelona as well. So we've had some 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 fantastic trips, and that's, that's the year where I came from, where touring was um, was the best part of rugby. So um, we we managed to do a few of them uh, either pre-season or, or in season the last couple of years. I've tried to pick out as many um, moments uh, as I can throughout this podcast. Are there any games that maybe stick out? To you that we haven't mentioned, I know we've we've spoken before about the first time time we beat Bristol away being a, a being a big one. But is there any games that stand out? Maybe different reasons than maybe the obvious ones. Yeah, there was there was actually there was two things. There was a, there was a game up in Otley again, but it was um, the weather was pretty bad, and we just about managed to complete the game. It was it was a um, good bad. The bad being Sasha dislocated his Sasha hadn't dislocated and fractured his ankle late in the game but um, the good was um, you know we have Phil Bolton Mark Atkinson Alex Ray playing some fantastic rugby against Leeds actually because Leeds took their games there and um, that was a brilliant performance because um, now we had to overcome the opposition we obviously had to overcome the, the pitch as well and, and we, we got to get fish and chips as well on our way home so yeah that was, that, that was a really good performance but you know, going to London Irish and playing them um, at the Medeski, that they're always a special occasion. We played played really well here. God, there's, there's, there's too many to actually pin down a top 10. I, I probably couldn't do that, but there's certainly plenty there. One of my favourites was Nottingham away. A sense of achievement having reached the final for the first time against Newcastle. That was a pretty special evening with a, with a great group of people. I want to look a bit to the future as well, because you've kind of covered the past, covered the present, look to the future. You've played 50 teams in competitive action in your time. Fair do so you've had to play Cornish Pirates 41 times. <laughs> I, th- I think it works out there's 18 away trips. You've had to put in some some good hours there. I just want to look 
um, towards maybe next season. I don't know how much you've looked at the National 1 table, but there's Collier at the top looking good. Yeah. If Ealing get promoted, it could be two teams. So you're mm. looking at probably Sale, which would be another club, and Cambridge are only down yeah. the road. It throws up a couple of interesting ones. Um, how much we've been looking into it and how excited are you to maybe, maybe be going somewhere different? You never yeah, well, Liverpool, well, that's the football club you support, yeah. all that kind of stuff. Yeah, initially, uh, we all thought it was going to be Rosin Park for so long. Um, and we've had we've enjoyed a couple of good trips down there and friendlies and stuff like that. So, and I, I know our supporters love going to to West London, but obviously that, that that's not looking as um, as certain as uh, as it was a um, couple of months back. So, so yeah, Caldy have probably come from nowhere. I don't think anyone expected them to there. I think Sale play at the old Hayward Road as well, don't they? Yeah. Where, where um, I played a few times. Um, but called the interesting one, yeah. I think I'll be ringing Dennis Ormusher up because I think that's his neck of the woods. So uh, I had a look actually on the weekend to see uh, exactly where it was. So it's right on the wheel, wheel isn't it? So um, nice part of the world. But and, and it'd be great just to go and see something different. You know, it'll be uh, something to look forward to. And it's not quite Bedfordshire, but Cambridge go to go to Ros- Roslyn Park actually mm. on Saturday. So that could be a big upset. I mean, you know, we've spoken about how many times you've had to go down to Cornish Pirates. It would be kind of nice for you to have, well, you've got Coventry, Cambridge and Amptill. Mm. You've got a couple of close ones as well as the long ones. Yeah, because... no, look, I mean, Richie's done a great job at, at Cambridge this year. A very good pack of forwards this year. They've always been a side that plays a lot of rugby and they've always had really good backs. Um, and they've got a pack together now that's obviously... Um, Providing you know it's, it's a fair share of ball, but obviously scoring, um, driving line out tries as well, which is which is massive. So fair play to Cambridge. It's interesting if um, if you do win their thing, uh, their appeal, and we get two up. Um, it just um, it, I think it adds another bit of flavour to the champ. You know that's that's the that's the thing we can look forward to. Was this potentially the most high profile championship season that you've been involved in in terms of how close it was? Yeah, I think so. Donny Pirates and Jersey have done incredibly well. Um, to remain competitive right the way to the probably the last weekend, really, weren't it? So fair play to them. They've um, and they played some great rugby. Um, all of them have, um, and they brought a, you know a level of physicality that teams in the middle can't quite match on their day. You know, we, we all had chances against them. Um, as you said, we beat three of them when they get it right physically because of their full time status, and they're, they're pretty hard to hard to stop. I guess there's only one place that we can end our final question. I know we've spoken about it throughout this interview, but can you maybe summarise in one sentence your time at Bedford Blues and how much this place means to you? Yeah, it's family, isn't it? You know, it's just been like a family to me. And, um, you know, it's, um, I guess, a little bit incestuous. My wife has been there working with me for probably 12 years of that as well. So, um, but yeah, look, it's engaging, um, challenging, um, family orientated and um, yeah it's, uh, it, it's just look it's, it's been a good fit for me I, I gotta say um, which is why I've had no burning ambition to, to, to move on so far and as long as I keep enjoying it and people keep enjoying what we're producing then I'll keep turning up for work well Mike it's been great catching up best of luck for the rest of the Championship Cup and I'm sure we'll speak to you at uh, the end of the campaign cheers Ryan Well, that's all we've got time for on this latest episode of the Blues podcast. Don't forget, tickets are still on sale for our St George's Day Cup knockout against Nottingham. Head to www.bedfordrugby.co.uk forward slash tickets to secure your seat with us at Goldington Road. Should Bedford progress to the quarterfinals by winning the tie, the home leg will be contested on Saturday the 7th of May and will also play host to our Ladies' Day festivities. Please do keep that date in mind and make sure you're in the ground next weekend to help us reach the last eight 
by getting behind the team. Thank you to Mike for joining me on this latest episode. Join us again in a few weeks' time as our quest for silverware hopefully proves successful and we'll reflect on the 2021-22 campaign and hear from some of the awards winners at our end-of-season club dinner. <laughs>